A very warm welcome to you from Equa Marketing. This presentation is brought to you by Equa.com, a leader in digital marketing. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another amazing episode of the Growing Dentist Podcast Show. This is the place where we discuss how a dental practice owner or a young dentist can create a bigger future in terms of time, money, purpose, and relationships. This is Naren, your host. Today, I'm super excited to have Jordan, Jordan Comstock, on the show. Jordan is the founder and CEO of Boom Cloud Apps. It's a software company that allows dental offices to easily create, organize, track, and automate an in-house membership program. Jordan has been in the dental industry for more than 10 years and has been featured on Dentistry IQ, Dentistry Today, and is a monthly content contributor for various dental publications. Jordan has also feature, been featured on many well-known dental podcasts and is the co-host of Navigating Dental Insurance podcast along with Ben. Uh, Jordan, it's an honor to have you on our show. Welcome. Hey, thanks, Naren. I'm excited to be here. Uh, thank you, Jordan, for taking the time to talk to us. And um, I did some research uh, just to get a little bit more familiar with what you're up to. And uh, I think what just jumped out at me is that you are an entrepreneur at heart. And uh, being an entrepreneur, <laughs> yep. I found it uh, you know, definitely interesting to talk to another, another person with a similar mindset. So that's great. Totally, man. I love entrepreneurship. It's awesome. <laughs> so tell us about your entrepreneurial journey and uh, how did you jump into it and uh, how did you stumble upon you know, <laughs> the dentistry and specifically this whole membership uh, plan stuff that you're working on? Totally, yeah. So my story is I've, I've always been a part of dentistry uh, my, my entire life. I grew up in it. My, my mom is a dental office manager and my dad, own, my dad and grandpa own a dental lab. And I've always been exposed to the dental industry uh, at a, from a young age. Um, and about uh, 10 or so years ago, I, I started working at my dad's dental lab. And uh, he, he, at the time, he's like, hey, you can come over and take over. And I was really interested in, in owning and, and, and building a business, my own business. And, and that was the opportunity at the time. And... Uh, <clears throat> So my dad allowed me to manage the business for seven years and I was able to create, you know, all sorts of departments like uh, creative marketing and sales department and, and things like that. And as I, uh, as I started um, understanding business models and, and just the business of dentistry, uh, I noticed a lot of, of clients of our, the labs would, would come to us and vent to us about dental insurance. And then my mom would too, right? Cause she was an office manager. So she would always talk about the issue of dental insurance and what it caught, what, what problems it causes in the, in the dental practice. Um, so, and I noticed that what, what the insurance companies were doing were, were kind of trickling down, you know, they're forcing practices to reduce their profit margins and it would kind of trickle down to the dental lab and it always bothered me. So I, I always thought to myself, I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way to, to manage this, this system or, or, or solve this problem. And uh, one day I was just visiting clients for the dental lab and I walked into a dental practice that had a successful membership program. And it was right after I read the book, The Automatic Customer, which I highly recommend everybody read that's listening. Uh, it's called The Automatic Customer by John Warlow and um, basically talks about how to generate recurrent, predictable recurring revenue in any business. 
um, the subscription or membership model, if you will. And I, uh, I got really curious and started asking this practice about their membership program, how it was working. How, and then last question was, how are they managing it? Um, and, and at that time, they, they told me they were just managing it through Excel, right? And I'm like, holy smokes, I, you know, there's a, there's a gap here. If, if this is a good solution, like this practice is telling me, you know, they, um, they re- truly want to scale and grow it. They need a, a better system than Excel. Um, and at that time, I, while I was working at the dental lab, I, I was studying marketing and uh, UX, UI design, which is software design, essentially. So that night after I got done talking about the practice, I, I went home and I designed the first version of Boom Cloud and, and it took off uh, from there, you know. So that's, that's kind of my story, Naren. <laughs> Been in the dental industry for a while and it's, I, I love it. <laughs> that's your story and you're sticking with it. <laughs> I'm sticking with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Um, tell me more about, um, you know, um, the problem of um, the insurance space, like uh, because you, you you know it from the point of view of a lab, and then of course yeah. you know it from the point of view of your mom. So, shed totally. some light. So I, I want to kind of understand it. What's the problem that's causing all this? Yeah. So practices are what I have seen out there, and what what the industry is seeing is is dental practices. Uh, their their practices are essentially controlled by insurance companies. Uh, insurance companies control the profit margins, right? The PPO, they they uh, they tell a practice that they can they'll pay them you know X amount um, for for a crown or or an, a treatment, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they control the they control the profit margins, and um, essentially it, that that would hurt any business, right? If 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 you the as a business owner aren't able to control the profit margins. Uh, then it can become a real problem. So uh, another big uh, issue that I see out there that, that dental insurance is doing to the industry is they are um, de- like denying claims or even delaying claims, right? So it can mess up a, a practice's cash flow, um, which is a huge and very important um, system in the, in the business, right? So that's some of the problems we're seeing there today. And then, um, you know, dental insurance on the practice, on the patient end, um, it really isn't a, a good deal because, you know, they get capped on what they can do. But what happens if I need more work done that that's, you know, necessary insurance won't cover it for the patient. So uh, that's kind of the problem that I, that I'm seeing out there in the industry. Um, you know, for on the business side, it's, it's hard to manage the cash in the in the practice because insurance companies are, forcing the write-offs, right? Or making the practice do write-offs. And if, if you look at the numbers, you know, I, I like to say what Gary Takis always says. He's a good friend of mine. We, we work, uh, you know, quite a bit together. And Gary Takis always says, you know, the, the biggest problem is overhead in the practice and dental insurance contributes to that because they're, they're, they're making the practice, you know, write more and more um, off, uh, because of the discounts and, and that in turn becomes one of their largest expenses in the practice. So I think uh, those are some of the problems that I see out there with, with dental insurance. Yeah. I think uh, the other thing is um, I like the way uh, Steve Jobs once put it, like, you know, um, it's like dealing with the, 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 you know, the manufacturer, they put lots of garbage on the product and stuff. So when he came up with the iPhone, he told the manufacturers, no, I'm controlling it because I care about yeah. the users. I totally. 
here you're not focused on you know the customer you're focused on what the insurance is pay will pay exactly all of that yeah. stuff so it's like it's, it's just, medicine you know like you know reverse you know instead of putting the patient first you're putting dental insurance first yeah, yeah and that's that's insurance first yeah that's the i mean no matter what industry you go into you you'll see problems like this you know um, where they put you know venture capital firms first like in in the entrepreneurial space right they'll, yeah. they'll get vc money and they put them first versus the customers or clients yeah and the same yeah the same goes to a the practice right your patients are truly what make your practice successful and and run and and generate cash right so it's extremely important to, to give those patients an awesome experience and not focus too much on what dental insurance is wanting you to do because it's it's not it's not the best way for the patient in my opinion right right yeah yeah so um, so that's the problem now uh, of course um, membership plans don't totally solve it right because you're not going to do free i mean you're not going to cover everything you're only going to do certain things yeah so that like the typical membership plan um, that we that we see out there is a a monthly or yearly fee that the patient pays to the practice, and that usually involves you know the cleanings are are part of that fee. Um, but if if the patient needs a crown or or fillings or whatever, then they get a percentage discount off of off of those um, crowns or just the treatments, right? right. Um, so they still get a, a, an awesome deal on on any, if they're a member on any of the treatments they need. So um, it's, yeah, it's only, it solves definitely a, a part of the, part of the problem, but it is a huge part of the problem in my opinion. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, before we jump into why they should do it, I want to totally. know why, why they don't do it. Like, you know, in other words, one of the concerns I keep hearing is it's a great regulation. question. Regulations. Let's talk about yeah. regulations and maybe it's misconceptions. It's maybe it's true. I just want to understand, you know, um, yeah, a lot of it is regulations maybe years ago were were scary or unclear, um, but it is actually clearing up um, across the United States. Uh, there is a law called direct primary care law, uh, which allows practices to, in, in a lot of states, bypass um, any insurance regulation when in regards to setting up and managing an in-house membership program. Um, so I think the laws nowadays are, are starting to. So, so tell me about the direct primary care. care yeah. When did it come into effect? What is it? Uh, so it varies across each state when it came into effect. Um, some states it's still um, going into effect. I don't memorize all the the laws out there, and and again, I I am not a lawyer, so I wouldn't <laughs> say right this you know legal advice. Um, but yeah. Uh, a couple of years ago, we started seeing this um, take effect in a lot of the um, states out there. Um, and each state is still slightly different than the next. But for example, I'm here in Utah. And um, one of the, the laws here is if a practice has what they call a medical retainer agreement with the patient or a, a DPC agreement with the patient, which stands for direct primary care, that they are able to bypass any insurance regulation that the insurance commissioners may may put on these these types of programs, um, so that's a that's a very positive thing that we're seeing in the industry that it is getting a lot more clear um, for practices to start membership programs. So I'd say that's probably one um, one so, factor of of. Go ahead, sorry. 
just a follow up. So yeah, totally. Uh, so if I'm not mandated by or governed by insurance laws, mm-hmm. what, what does it mean? Like you know, in the sense, like um, like why couldn't they do it before DPC was in effect? Yeah. So a lot of states, you're able to still do it, right? They don't they don't have the laws um, like the insurance commissioner. Um, regulations and everything. But yeah, um, I think a, a, a big piece of that is just people were not as educated as they are now about these types of programs. Um, there was a lot of, um, in the early days, there was a lot of fear of, oh, if you do this, you're going to get in trouble. Um, but that's not, unless you're calling it dental insurance, you know, you're, 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 more, you're more than fine, right? Um, I think that's w- when a practice gets in trouble is they call it insurance. When it's not an insurance product, they're calling it insurance. Got it. Right? So it's kind of, uh, that's, that's what, what most insurance commissioners look for, right? It's not an insurance product because it's, it's not a risk-bearing model, right? Right, right. Um, like insurance is, uh, and that's a good thing. You know, and, and with insurance, it's like, it's like a membership plan, like to a gym, right? So yeah, I it's like to a gym. exactly. Yeah. It's just like yeah. going to the gym or, or Amazon prime or Costco, yeah. membership, right? There's nothing different than that. Um, with, with and I, I get certain things for free. Certain things I have to pay for. Like, you know, prime doesn't give me <laughs> totally. products, right? They give me no, free, get free shipping. shipping. Yep. Exactly. Free shipping. Exactly. Yeah. So, and even that, there are caveats. I have to buy minimum 25 bucks worth of product for me to get <laughs> Yeah, totally. So they've yeah. got some requirements there, but yeah, this is exactly, you know, the very first thing when I go on a podcast or, or write an article about this subject is I say, Hey, this is like Amazon prime, but for your dental practice. Right. right. Um, and that's the way we want to think about that. We want to, we want to, um, and pretty much that, that's okay. In most states, or all states, you can have a membership plan. You can have a membership type program in all states. Yeah. Some, okay. each state has, you know, their own, uh, different regulations. Um, but they're, they're nothing to be, yeah, they're nothing to be concerned about. A regulation is just a rule uh, telling, you know, the practice how to go about, it, uh, you know, a business tactic. So right. I think a lot of people when they hear regulations, it kind of scares them. Um, right. But in my opinion, yeah, just don't, just don't call it dental insurance and, and you're most likely, you, you're going to be fine um, in most states. Can you give me a resource if I'm one of those people I like to read up more, where can I go? Yeah, go to uh, I would go to dpcfrontier.org, I believe, or .com. Um, that's by my good friend, Dr. SQ, who's also a – he's a medical doctor that has a membership program, but he's also an attorney. So he, he researches uh, uh, all, these, all the states, and uh, we actually collaborate with him quite a bit um, in understanding you know, the state regulations. But it's definitely a great resource out there to go check out. Right. Yeah. The second reason they don't do it outside of regulations, what is it? Uh, I would say um, not having a, a system or, or having the staff on board. That's probably the, the biggest reason why uh, a practice won't, do, won't, won't uh, set up a membership program or even be successful with a membership program. You know, um, you got to have your staff on board. If, if you, the dentist, you know, are wanting to implement this type of program but haven't convinced your, your staff, then you're, you're not going to go anywhere with this. Um, you know, convince them of the benefits for the practice and the patient and for, even for the staff, right? You don't have to deal with the headache of dental insurance staff, <laughs> right? Um, that's probably the, one of the biggest. And then just not having a, a system to help scale it and manage it. That's, that's something that I've seen. Um, even when I was, before we even had the software, I was helping practices, consulting them on starting membership programs. And they were running into issues where they, could, they couldn't scale it because they were using 
you know, like Google Docs or even even just a binder. I remember one of the offices I was consulting, they were they were using a binder and it got to the point where the the office manager, it was it became a, a pain for them to to try to remember when the when the uh, payments were to come through, and they would have to call the patient to automat to, to not automatically but to manually run the the credit card information through the processing system. So that's you got to have a system, and and um, I I believe if you don't have the right systems in place, then it's it's going to be really hard to grow and scale any practice, any business, right? Right. When you walk into my practice and you have to convince my team, how would you go about doing it? Yeah, so I would talk. I would talk to the team and, and get you know what 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 frustrates them with dental insurance, and most likely they're going to say, "I'm sick of waiting on the phone for 30 minutes or an hour to get answers to insurance questions I have with with a provider, and I'm sick of having patients having to call the patients and saying, "Hey, your claim was denied," and having to look like the bad guy, right? Most likely. Most, most practices are going to say something similar to that, right? So I would tell them, like, well, look, if you've got a membership program, you don't have to um, go through those, those, the, the pain of talking to a dental insurance or wasting your time talking to dental insurance companies. Um, so by creating a membership program, you not only help the, the, the patient get better quality care and you're focused more on the patient, um, you you reduce time spent on dental insurance and and can um, easily grow a membership program if it's set up correctly. So that's kind of how I would I would go about it there, Naren. Right. Yeah. Uh, of all the practices in the U.S., what percentage do you think have a membership? Just give me a guess if you don't know the exact. Oh, number. that's really hard. Yeah, that's been something that I've asked myself for for <laughs> for months, and I it's that one's too hard. I would I would have to say maybe. 20 to 30%, but that's just based off of, you know, what we're seeing out there. It may be a, 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 a membership program that they're maybe just launched and they're trying to figure it out, but it's definitely growing. Um, what we're seeing out there, obviously we're seeing it grow because we're helping a lot of practices, you know, um, set up these membership programs, but I would, I would say, yeah, maybe 20 to 30%. But again, I could be extremely way off. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are the doctors typically convinced? I mean, dentists, uh, the, the, the general practitioners we're talking about? Like oh general- yeah. Yeah. The general dentists, they're, they're, they're all convinced. Uh, all, all the ones we speak to are, are, have always been looking, have, have always said, we've been trying to do something like this for years and haven't been able to figure out how to structure it. That's, that's one of the most common comments that I receive when I'm talking to practices, you know, at, at conventions or just on the phone with them. And uh, definitely a lot of dental dentists are, are, are convinced or, or want to do something like this in their practice. Even the office managers that we're seeing out there, we're talking to they're they're like, yeah, let's, let's build a, a, a dental insurance less <laughs> practice, right? We don't, well, we don't have to worry about the third party regulations and the rules that the insurance companies throw on the, these dental practice and we can control kind of our destiny and our, our profit margins. Um, so yeah, I, I'm seeing lots of practices and office managers or dentists and office managers that are, are interested in, and ready to go right out of the gate. Right. You know, the book yeah. Auto- Automatic Customer, I have heard of it and I think I read it a long time ago. But oh, I you got to read it. Yeah, it's good. So <laughs> tell me tell me about what that book says in a nutshell. So our listeners who haven't read the book kind of understand what it is. Yeah. Talking. So it's one of my favorite books and it's it's really been a book that inspired me to create my own company, right? And uh, to help, uh, you know, practices uh, create 
recurring revenue. It's all about generating recurring predictable revenue in a business. No matter what business you're in, it, it talks about some examples in, in various industries. And then it talks about all the, the revenue models that uh, the recurring revenue models, that is, that a, that a business can generate in a practice, one of those being subscription or membership, right? So, um, and, and John Warlow, the author, talks about how it is extremely important to create a business that has a predictable recurring revenue stream in it uh, because of the following, right? It's going to be a lot easier to manage for, your, for, for the practice, um, and, and keep in mind, I, I manage the dental lab, which is, there's, there's two models here. There's what I call the feast and famine revenue model or the recurring revenue, the recurring predictable revenue model, right? Uh, or the predictable recurring revenue model. And uh, I've managed both types of models. And um, I can tell you off, off of just my experience that having a predictable recurring revenue model is going to make your life easier as a dentist, right? You'll be able to have a predictable predictable budget. You'll be able to know when revenue is coming in so you can manage it correctly and versus it coming in sporadically, you know, with, with working with, you know, all the PPOs, you, you never know when you're going to get those claims, you know, the payouts sent back to you. Um, and it, it can sometimes take, you know, 90 days or more. more. And um, having a predictable recurring revenue stream for the practice is just going to make it a lot easier to run. You're going to have a lot of peace of mind. If, if you're building up a membership program that has, you know, um, a good amount of patients signed up, it, it's going to be a fun business to, to manage in my opinion. Um, so that's one reason. This, the, the second reason why you want to get recurring revenue coming into the, into the practice is that it can increase the value of your business, right? When, if you read the book, um, the automatic customer, he talks about, um, I believe it's like three to six times annual recurring revenue um, instead of uh, being valued at a discount valuation for, for the business. And when it comes time to sell, you can, you can value that recurring revenue as a multiplied um, valuation. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it's an amazing book and it talks about all the, the benefits of focusing on building a, a, recurring revenue model in, in the, in the, in a business, right. In, in the practice in this case. Um, but I, I highly recommend it. And, and it talks about several examples in there that you can go through and, and just what it does to a business. So it's, it's so, one of my favorite books. Yeah. Right. Tell me about the feast and famine business model. Like what, yeah, what, totally. was, your, what was your experience with it? Like emotionally as well as, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh man, it sucked. I'm going to, I'm going to be honest here. Yeah, it sucked. It was, it was very stressful to run. Um, one month, I remember we, we hit our goals of, of revenue and we're like, yeah, we, we generated all this revenue, but we wouldn't see it until like a, a month or two later. Right. And, mm-hmm. and it's that to me, that's crazy. I want to see it now when it comes in. Right. Um, and you know, we, we ran into months. The reason why I'm not at the dental lab anymore is because of that feast and famine model. We hit a, a famine quarter, right? Where a whole quarter, it was just famine, famine, famine. We were trying to um, drum up new business, but the market was just slow, right? So having a, a membership program or just recurring revenue in general can help smooth out the demand, right? Because we all know in dentistry, it's got its ups and downs, right? The peaks and valleys, um, you know, school, school starts or, or summer begins and, and the dental practice is less busy, right? 
Um, those are trends that I saw all the time when I was managing the dental lab and it would affect the lab. Right. So, um, one month, one quarter for, in my, in my case, uh, we were just living in famine, trying to get by, trying to, trying to produce, um, more, but when, when the market is not needing crowns and things like that, there's, there's definitely some, some, uh, trends that we see in there. And, it, it made it extremely hard to manage the business financially. I mean, yeah. I've heard people quote that, you know, a dentist is one of the professions where people are depressed and, you know, unhappy. <laughs> I've uh, definitely heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's probably because of this, right. The, the feast and famine business model. I, I think, I think, yeah, I think it has something to do with that. Um, because I remember my state of mind is like, Oh my gosh, when am I, when am I going to get, get out of this situation? How can I, how can I help? improve this or oh i can't uh i remember there was some times where we just had to wait for paychecks because you know money wasn't just coming in fluidly Mm -hmm. right it was it was pretty sporadic and i think um and and maybe i just went through the worst of it i don't know (laughs) but um i think i I, I hear you i hear you uh, (laughs) yeah totally my entire business is 100% recurring revenues. And uh, yeah, totally. so you even know, if I, even if I don't do anything, I, I'll be okay tomorrow, right? I mean, so, of totally. course, I'll keep building and I keep investing and in, you want Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what you want to keep doing. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not uh, worried about how do I pay my checks tomorrow? I'm exactly. not worried like, about oh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna play? How am I gonna pay all of my employees tomorrow? Right. And when money hasn't come in, it hasn't, hasn't come in yet. Right? right. So that's one of the biggest stress that I saw just managing the dental lab is that on those, during those slow periods, it made it extremely uh, challenging and, and depressing to manage a business. Right. Because you're like, Oh my gosh, I've got to pay all these people, but I can't yet. I've got to, I've got to wait till you know money comes in and I don't want to go into debt and th- you know, things like that. So that's uh, I think that's one of the biggest reasons why a practice should, a practice should consider generating and building a recurring revenue stream. You know, Naren, you, you mentioned it, you know, if, if you, if you, you know, had to miss a week or two weeks of work, that revenue is still going to come in. And that's what, that's what every business needs to, to make it run better and, and to be more efficient in my opinion. Right. Yeah. Um, let's talk about um, some examples. Like, totally. Tell me about your most successful, uh, you know, membership client. Like, how many members does he have? What percentage of total clients is that? Uh, yeah. How has it transformed his business? I just want to kind of, you know, see what he sees. Yeah, these are all great questions. So we've got a handful, a ton of practices that are successful. The one that I have in mind is uh, Dr. Brady Frank. I don't know if you, he's been on your podcast. He's another influencer in the implant realm. Um, but he uh, he actually, there are over a thousand patients and they, they did that in less than a year. They've got a thousand patients signed up to their program now, um, which generates, I think, uh, like a, $250,000 of recurring revenue per year and they're continuing, continuing to grow. Right. right. Um, and, and what they've done is they've really uh, educated their whole team and their, their staff, right. To say, Hey, this is what we're doing now. This is where the industry's going. Right. Um, dental insurance is, is, is horrible for the patient. Um, obviously there's some benefits to dental insurance. I'm not anti dental insurance. Uh, there's some benefits there though, but um they educated their team and, and said, you know, this is what we want to, want to 
educate our patients on. And they started doing that. And then they started doing some external marketing, like direct mail campaigns and Facebook campaigns and uh, started generating, you know, all these new patients to sign up for the membership program. And uh, so they've got over uh, around a thousand. It's probably a little over a thousand now because they're growing every, every day. And, um, and basically um, I, I don't know what percentage of their patient base that is, but I know they're using mainly external marketing strategies to attract patients to the practice, right. That are uninsured. Um, but yeah, they're, they're, they're doing really well with this. And we're seeing this across a lot of practices, you know, if they, if you can market it well and understand how to educate the patient about this, you can really, you know, generate a, a good amount of revenue that's, that's pretty passive or, or just reoccurring, right. That's coming to the practice. So if this particular dentist doesn't go into the office for a week, he's still generating revenue on a monthly, on a predictable monthly basis, right? Uh, maybe enough to to pay his overhead, um, you know, his payroll, but he still has something there to help um, generate those those uh, that recurring revenue. Right. Um, so that's kind of what I'm seeing out there with uh, this particular practice. And um, and and of course, people who have insurance won't buy into this, right? So this is is that a certain group of the population that's more attracted to they. Like yeah, totally. So there's uh, patients that are out of network. You can use a membership program on um, if you wish. And then uh, most most practices are use, utilizing this tool, this concept to attract the uninsured, which there's more uninsured pa- patients out there or Americans out there than, than insured. So there's a bigger market of uninsured out there that uh, this, this will work, right? So that's, that's, that's a good thing. We want to see more of that. And that's, that's, can continue to grow it's it's now i've heard different rumors but the last i i heard was over like 55 or 60 percent of the population does not have dental insurance um so and i believe that will continue to grow because more and more patients are 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 educated and they they understand you know what insurance is and what it can do for them right and in in dentistry's case it doesn't do a whole lot so patients are 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 getting wise and understanding that they don't need dental insurance, they could just you know work directly with the with the practice. Right, so that's what I'm seeing out there. Yeah. Let me let me see. Um, tell me a typical plan. Like, what would a typical cost be? What would a typical yeah be? yeah? So totally, the cost of a plan, a yearly plan, is is on average we're seeing around three hundred to three hundred to four hundred dollars a month a year, not a month. Um, and and what comes with that is you know cleanings, uh, exams, x-rays, and then they give a, 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 maybe a discount off Invisalign or like a thousand dollars off, um, Invisalign. And then they give like 10 to 20% off of major minor treatments for the patient. Uh, so that's pretty common out there. Obviously there's some creative ones out there that we, that we're seeing, um, that are maybe, Oh, the patient pays $10 a month and it, they get a 30% discount on any, everything, right? There's lots of different things we're seeing out there that practices are doing, but the, the, the 300 to $400 range is, is pretty common that we see. And then if they're going to do monthly uh, payment plans with, with the, with the patient, uh, we're seeing anywhere from $20 a month up to, 
um, forty to fifty dollars a month if they're perio, right? Um, and it does it does vary with what you know the the practice is offering or the benefits that are offering or even the discounts they're giving. Um, but that's kind of what we're seeing out there that that work really well um, with the practices. And if if you were to do a like a monthly plan, I would focus on whether it's monthly or yearly. You, the practices have to have an agreement with the patient, right? Um, the patient signs, this is what you're getting. This is how much it's going to cost. That's very smart to do. Uh, that's, that's another problem I should have mentioned in the, in the beginning where what I see the practices not doing agreements. And it's very, very important to do an agreement when, when a patient is signing up for a plan like this. Right. And then, um, a, a big question I get all the time is with if, if the practice is setting up a monthly membership program, uh, they're like, well, what happens if a patient comes in, gets the work done for the first month, and then cancels after? Well, you don't want to set your program up like that where, where a patient can cancel any time. It should be a yearly agreement with the patient. And then um, if you use BoomCloud, for example, we've got an ACH feature in the uh, the software that will do a direct withdrawal from the patient's bank account. You don't have to deal with credit cards or debit cards that expire. Um, so that's that's what I would recommend. That's what we're seeing out there with with the trends with with monthly and yearly plans. Right. Would you recommend? Um, so you're saying even if they're paying monthly, they should still have a yearly commitment, right? Yes, that's what I'm saying that that you should do. If uh, yeah, and obviously consult with with your contract attorney, um, you know, on what you can do. But we we also give a, a template out, um, uh, like a uh, agreement template that that we give out that the practice can alter as well. Right. And um, what does your software do? Give me like the top 10 things it does or top five things, you know, the top. List. Yeah. So the software, we've got a dashboard in the software that, that gives the practice a lot of metrics and reporting, right? How much recurring revenue are you generating yearly? How much recurring revenue are you generating on a monthly standpoint? Um, we, we show the office how much they're coll- they've collected in, in real time during the month. Um, we also show them how many active members they have, how many um, cancellations they have or refunds. Uh, our software also does like a in, in-office payment plan where the practice can, uh, if it, let's say for example, I, I need a crown and I go for, to a practice. I'm like, well, I don't have dental insurance and I don't want to pay, you know, a thousand bucks up front. I just want to split it up in three payments. Um, our software has the ability to, create a payment plan, but also tack on an interest rate for the, the, the pra- it goes to the practice, right? Um, so we've got some metrics on that as well, on, on how much interest collected and things like that with, for payment plans. And then we have like a live stream that, that educates the office staff on, you know, any issues with, with payment. Uh, like if a payment were declined or didn't go through, it alerts the staff. It's a notification center. Um, we also have a plan builder that allows um, patients or practices to customize their plans. Uh, we've got templates in the software as well that they could use and they can tweak them if they don't want to start a plan from scratch. Um, and then we also have a benefit tracker that allows the practice to, to track all the benefits the patient receives. We integrate into the practice's website so that patients can actually sign up online. They can choose a plan and sign up from the patient, the practice's website. Um, and then we've got a patient portal where the patient can log in. They can see their stats, their payment history, their benefits that they're getting to the, that practice uh, and their agreement, things like that. And then we also have like 
back on the, the practice side, we have a contract management piece of the software where if a patient signs up online, they, they sign for, they sign the agreement or the contract uh, with the practice and it, it kind of stamps it or saves it into the, the patient's account in, in boom cloud. Um, and then we do um, obviously track all payment history and, and automate if, if any issues go wrong with a payment, we automate a, a message out to the practice and to the patient and alert them to update any payment methods. Um, so that's just a, a brief overview of, of what boom cloud does for a practice, but makes it easy to track, you know, all the members and, and know who is a member of, of the dental practice. Yeah. It's an awesome software. Um, yeah. if, I, if I want to learn more about this, uh, any, any place you want me to go or any numbers or emails? Yeah. So I would send everybody to boomcloudapps.com. Uh, that's our website. We've got tons of resources. We've got webinars from uh, industry leaders um, and we, we like Dr. Christopher Phelps and Gary Takis and, and all sorts of other people that, that have had um, some experience creating a membership program. Um, I also have a book that a free ebook that I give away. That's um, that you can go. It's just boomcloudapps.com forward slash book. Or if you go to any page on our website, you'll see a pop-up and it'll offer you the, the, the ebook that talks about the whole concept of a membership program, my philosophy of recurring revenue and, and how a practice should structure this, you know, for success. But yeah, we've got plenty of resources. <laughs> yeah. Both uh, Gary and um, you know, Dr. Phillips, a good friend of mine. A friend Great, of mine. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, if these people are kind of, saying it's a good product. I'm sure it's a good product. So, uh, uh, which is why, you know, I wanted to, you to come on the show as well. So I'm totally. glad you have I appreciate it. using it. Yeah. <clears throat> and if they can, can they get a hold of you or, or pretty much the website is the way to get a hold of you? Yeah, that's the best way. They can schedule a demo online with, with our product specialist team. They can, they can show, we, we, I encourage everyone to, you know, uh, go through a demo, look at how our software works and if it's a fit for the practice. But if anyone wants to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to answer any questions about this concept. Uh, you can reach me. My email is Jordan, J-O-R-D-O-N at boomcloudapps.com and that's uh, anyone can reach me there and i i tried to respond to every every single email i get sometimes it's delayed but i respond <laughs> absolutely <clears throat> thank you everyone for listening uh jordan i want to thank you for taking the time totally learned, it's been awesome yeah i learned a lot about membership program i hope i didn't throw you off with my questions but <laughs> <laughs> no it was great Naren. I, I loved it <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much and yeah i learned a lot and i think uh, I, I hope some of the questions i was asking were the questions that was going going through the minds of our listeners so um thank you everyone for listening uh have a wonderful day and if you love this podcast please uh, share it on your social media uh please tweet it you know uh comment on it on facebook if possible, even write a review for us. It's also on iTunes. You can access it by going to the website growingdentist.com. This is Naren, your host, and you are listening to Jordan, who is the founder of an awesome company that helps you with membership plans. Thank you. <laughs>